1: This January at the Coliseum. We, not me, versus the NFC. And for the first time since 2003, the Rams are NFC West champions.
3: Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is managing editor Derek Sia with the man, the myth, the legend. The person whose name exemplifies awesomeness. Norm Hightower. For our Thursday night, going to be going into Friday morning podcast. Lots still going on, believe it or not, even though the Rams are Maybe done trading. Lots going on. Maybe being the key. We'll talk about that in a minute. Norm, how you doing? Doing great. How are you? It's a wonderful day full of joy and cheer. Of course, I'm not sure I can say that. It's raining here again.
4: It's like a freaking uh, monsoon. It was 70 and sunny here today. Yeah, shut it.
3: Uh. <laughs> it's like 50 and rain and rain and rain. Tomorrow, possibly snow. Oh, gosh. Okay. Uh, before we move forward, folks, hey, head on over to iTunes, please. Give, give us a five-star review. We really appreciate your... uh subscribing as well. We're on Stitcher, we're on SoundCloud, iHeartRadio. Oh, we are on radio at iebeat.com, also on Android and of course Google Play. Check us out folks, please. I uh, also on Twitter at TalkRams, ramstalk.net, you know the jazz. Okay. So we're getting right into it.
4: Uh, first of all, if you don't want to give us a five-star review and you only want to give us a three-star Go ahead, be honest. But we'd love the five star review.
3: Yeah, we'd appreciate you know, give us a five star. I'd really appreciate it instead of giving us that low review. If you just happen to send us an email and tell us why, you know, I maybe mean, we we uh, we do want to make this show a you know a good show. That's our goal. Our goal was to make this the best rants podcast out there, and you know, through feedback, we'll get there. And you know, we. We believe in what we're doing. We believe in the people that listen to our show. So, hey, if you got feedback, email us, ramstalk1945 at gmail.com. And you know that that means a lot to us as well.
4: Yes, sir. Thank you for all your support, by the way. We've been growing leaps and bounds lately. And it's, uh, it's all because of you guys listening to us and giving us your comments, feedback, and suggestions. So thank you so much for supporting our show.
3: All right. So moving forward here, the first Topic on the list is all kinds of rumors going out there right now. All kinds of oh boy, just talk and talk and talk about the next big Rams move, the potential move for OBJ, Odell Beckham Jr. All kinds of rumors that this could be first round picks and players going over there in exchange for him. And how do you feel about the possible this happening?
4: Well, I still don't know that it's possible. I I mean it's it's real because they're still talking about it, but I've seen rumors from a first round, the, our first round, our 23rd pick this year, and a third and a fourth next year. I've heard rumors of a first and a first. I've heard some way out there rumors of you know two firsts and some players. If we give up two firsts and players for Odell Beckham Jr., <laughs> I, I'm gonna lose faith in less need more than you know, give him kudos, but he's, he's a great player. Sure. But I I don't think he's worth all that. I mean, look at the talent that we've acquired so far this year. I just don't think we need to sell the farm to get one player. And, uh, I really hope they don't sell the farm. If they can get him for a first and a third or a first and a fourth from next year, uh, I'd be along with that. I mean, he's, he's definitely worth it. He's a good player and he could be the top wide receiver in the country, but I don't want him to give up too much for him. And we have a lot of players in our own house we need to take care of that are important to our team and I'd really hate to see them give up too much and make that even more difficult. Especially if you start talking about some of the money I've heard, like a five year or six year hundred million dollar deal. Uh, you know, we've got a lot of players to to pay coming up in the next you know, the next season. And I know we have a lot of dra- uh, a lot of cap space, but I don't know that we have that much cap space to have an Aaron Donald, possibly extending Sue Gurley, Goff. You start adding all this stuff up, and that money goes pretty quickly. So I'm just hoping they do it smart and they don't give up too much.
3: Well, the only way the money works is if the Rams get him now, sign him now, extend Donald quickly front load their contracts so the back ends of those contracts allow them to go ahead and pay Gurley and Goff that's still going to be tough to do it's it's doable they're going to have to move things around but you're, you're talking about having to really really restructure this team in order to keep the core of it together even even if you're making this run it's clear the Rams are making a shot they're, they're going for it they're going all in for 2018 and possibly 2019 it, but in order to do that Again, you have to be willing to front-load Aaron Donald, especially Aaron Donald. You're going to have to. And you're going to have to front-load OBJ. That's the only way you can do it. That's going to be close to probably $40 million between those two players alone. Sure. It's possible. There is, there is flexibility after this season to do that. That's, still, that's really going to change the game long-term for the Rams as well. I don't like the idea also of giving a player's form. There's rumors of players going around, though, and the players I'm hearing rumors right now, I'm not I'm, I'm not... I'm okay with one of them going. I'm not okay with the other player going. And um, until we can verify that the sourcing we're hearing, and we're not going to mention names. But I I don't want to see players going at this point. You, you just spent all this time putting players into the system and building up the roster. And we have no idea how obj would pan out on this roster so i i just can't i he's he's worth to me that he's worth the two first rounders i wouldn't go further
4: than that no i wouldn't either i think you could actually do less uh especially if if okay who do you think's in a better position to win right now the giants or us and i think he sees that we're in a better position to win I think we have a more dynamic offense than he's than he's been playing in. Although a player of his caliber coming in, a lot of people, not myself, but a lot of people, think Sammy Watkins was up there in that area, not not Odell Beckham Jr., but you know, up there in that upper top ten echelon. And look at you know the amount of catches and stuff that he got last year. So. I think there's a lot of things that you have to take into consideration if you're talking about bringing Beckham in. And I think he's taking a lot of those considerations in, too. You can't warrant paying a guy that much money if he's going to only get Sammy Watkins-type numbers. And I just don't know that our offense is set up to give him the looks that he's going to want. And so I, I could see there being some potential problems there. And we're going to go into some of this other stuff too, but there's people out there saying that, you know, we're taking in all the problem children uh, to play on our team and it's going to be a riot in the locker room and all that. Well, if you bring OBJ in and he's not getting his touches, what do you think you're going to get there? So I'm a little concerned about it. Um, I could see the – it's kind of like the the forbidden fruit, so to speak. You just – he, he's, everybody wants him because he's just that dynamic of a player. I just don't know that he's going to have that kind of impact on our team. So we'll, we'll see. I mean, his, his athleticism and his numbers and everything make him worthy of a number one pick and possibly two. But uh, I just don't know with the players that we have right now if we can really afford to spend that much money and make it hard on ourselves in that respect. And I I still stick to what I said. Until this becomes real, uh, to me, it's just not going to happen. That's how I feel. And, and, you know, when we talked about Sue and someone directly called in and asked, do we think Sue is going to sign with the Rams or not, I was the one that said he was. You were the one that said he wasn't. So I'm going to stick my neck out there and say Beckham doesn't come here.
3: And I'm going to say it's starting to look that way.
4: Okay. Just because, and, it,
3: and it's just because it's you know normal. These rumors, if they're just rumors, they die. They'll they'll stay hot for a couple of days, and then little by little, they'll they'll start to go away, and we'll start start hearing new sources. And all we're hearing now, Rams are in on this. Rams are in on this. And you know when you get enough smoke, there's fire. So I I really think that it's possible, but there has to be a line you draw. And not just if you're going to make a deal for OBJ, any other star there has to be a line you draw on what you're going to send that package the Rams have they've done a great job of moving people around you know basically they got sue for Robert Quinn and they got a fourth round rabbit if you in a roundabout way that's how it works uh-huh. so they've done a great job moving people around but in the process you're still losing draft picks here and there there is no right. second round pick you're now you're going To risk the first round pick and next year's first round pick. Newsflash: This team needs linebackers. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) and they need some depth. And so, you, you, how much at one point do you want to weaken this team more? Uh, Jeez. That said, if you can get OBJ for a first and a lower rounder, or even the two firsts, I think it's worth it. But no more than that. Leave the players happy. You, the players right now are where they need to be. You don't don't no more players going out. It's almost as Tavon.
4: I'd be okay with that.
3: I mean, that, well, guess because they've already pretty much given up on him. You're know, you already writing him off anyway, so you might as well just send him over there and give him a new life in New York. He'd probably do well, well there.
4: Well, and his contract is affordable now too, to where people might want to take a risk on him. So
3: sure, sure. I mean, he's in a play. It, he's in play it mode now. You're you're trying to earn your contract. Absolutely. And speaking of, you know, or speaking of all this stuff about the Rams and all the moves they've made, you and I we just saw this video from FS1. Uh, speak for yourself in this interview, Jason Whitlock, Mark Slareth, and these guys are talking about that it's arrogance, especially Jason Whitlock. That's arrogance of what the Rams are doing in terms of just going out there and getting all these players and all these crazy personalities and, and then saying, you know what, they'll work in our system. How did you feel about that discussion?
4: Well, honestly, I think Jason Whitlock is being arrogant and thinking that he knows everything is going to be bad for us. And his last comment of the interview is what really got me when he said, well, watch, Sue's going to miss six to seven games this year due to injury. Sue hasn't missed a game due to injury in his entire career. So that was kind of a stupid statement on his part. I think he's being arrogant and trying to act like he's all, you know, I know everything and you guys are making bad mistakes. And, you know, take it for what it's worth from the source it's coming from. The Rams are in win-it-now mode. They were close last year. They're making moves this year to get players to take us over the top. If that's arrogance, then I want to be arrogant.
3: Well, think of it this way. This team didn't make the playoffs for 14 years. Didn't have a winning season for 14 years. Can you blame them for going for it? No. That's why I said. What, what, what really irked me actually was his comparison to Chester McLaughlin. Uh-huh. Chester McLaughlin was a good player. He's no Sue. My, he, okay, let's just be honest. And no offense out there, Chester, if you ever happen to listen to this show. As a player on the field, he, didn't, he couldn't hold Sue's, Sue's jock. Sue's <laughs> that much better of a player. He's that much of a football player. He's that much more dominant of a football player. To even say that, to me, makes no sense. So with the Chiefs in 1990 go out there and get Chester McLaughlin and the other Super Bowl contenders? Come on. He he okay. was not an all-pro like that. Sue is dominant across the board. you are talking about a guy who's been to Pro Bowls, All Pros. This is who you're talking about here.
4: You're talking like about him. Sue, who has 51.5 sacks in his career, which for a defensive tackle ranks second among all active defensive tackles, only trailing Geno Atkins. Aaron Donald has a 39 career sacks and four fewer seasons. So obviously he's on track to beat that. But, I mean, that's just one statistic to look at with him. And how disruptive Sue is in the backfield, whether he gets the sacks or not, makes him an insane player. Then you look at his PFF grades for the last three years. um, He's averaged over 90 in his PFF grades, which you know he's only been below 80 once in his career. So, and and like I said, he's only missed two games in his career, and it was due to suspension, not due to injury. So you take all those things into play. And he's by far one of the best defensive tackles that has been around in a very, very long time. So if you think signing Sue is arrogant, you know, his point is he thinks that he's saying that Sean McVay thinks he is such a good coach that he can coach anyone, whether they have an attitude or not. Well, yeah, Sue stepped on a few guys and did a few things early on in his career. But what have you really heard of Sue doing lately?
3: I think he did something this last year, but it was, he didn't get suspended for it or anything.
4: Yeah, it wasn't. I mean, I, I, we've had players on our own teams do do things that you know they don't get suspended for. All, these, these guys get paid a lot of money, and they're high-profile people, and they're out in the public a lot, and everything they do is under scrutiny. He hasn't done anything that bad in a very long time, but he's always had that dirty tag put on him. You know, I've known, I've known of Sue and followed his career long before he was drafted in the NFL. He's always been a great football player. So I think he's just trying to say, we, you know, McVeigh just thinks he can coach anybody and do a great job. Well, you brought in one of the top, I'd say three defensive tackles, if not four defensive tackles in the league to play against, to play next to the number one defensive tackle in the league. That tells me you're trying to stop the run and be dominant. That doesn't tell me you're being arrogant. And I think he's just being totally arrogant in his opinion about the Rams and about Sean McVay. I think he's being a hi- hypocrite, so to speak.
3: Well, it's, it's, a, it's his hot take, really. It's all, it's all it really is. Here's the reality of it, too. Is he's talking about the character of these guys. Marcus Peters, Aqib Tlaib, leave. and Sue. Tell me, all those guys, yeah, they, they're hotheads in the field. What have they done off the field? Right. Nothing. They haven't done a darn freaking thing. So why on earth are, are we worried about dealing with these guys? If you can just, if you have the leaders on the team to help keep them calm in idiot situations, they're going to be fine. It's not like they're out there doing drugs and out there getting in a restaurant. They're not. Well,
4: they're and, not at all. And they have the perfect coach on defense to keep them under control on Wade Phillips.
3: Now, Speaking of which, now, and this is where we're mentioning well, the possible of OBJ. Now, if OBJ comes in, there's been some recent pictures showing up of him and doing some things. It looks like he, there might, there might be, let me stress the words, might be some drugs in those pictures, but that's, that, that's a different story. Now you're talking about things off the field, and I can see some point there saying, okay, you know, enough's enough. But the reality is the guys they brought in are guys who have always behave themselves off the field they've never been in trouble they've never been a problem and so when you start saying well these guys are character guys what character are you talking about they're passionate about the game they want to win they care enough to, on the field to where they're going to they they probably care a little too much it's personal
4: yeah i i i think it's just a big pile of dog crap if you ask me and you know he can take his opinion and shove it right up where the sun don't shine as far as I'm concerned.
3: <laughs> well,
4: and you, and, and you, and you know, I was watching my language there cause I'd say it a whole lot different in person. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Before we were on Ibeat radio you've been cussing up a storm. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you IB for helping us censor Norm. You know, another thing to think about too, with what he's saying is, is I don't know about you, but don't you want to have a coach who believes he can
4: coach anybody? Well, of course you do, and any good coach is going to believe that. I, I mean, I coached, and I always thought I could change every single player on the field. It's if you don't feel like you can, you shouldn't be a coach. So, you know, again, for who it's, for who's saying it, and what he's saying, yeah, it's it's a bunch of smoke and mirrors and fog to me.
3: Yeah, it's well, yeah, and you know, I understand these guys. You know, Jason Whitlock and. And who are the other guy who comes to mind? Skip Bayless. No, Stephen A. Smith. These guys are all paid for the hot take. I get it. And sometimes we're going to agree with it. And, and they're, they're, we're doing exactly what they want to do. We're, we're talking about the garbage they say. Exactly. But the reality is, is I'm sure he's not the only person thinking that. He's just he's just saying the things that other people are thinking. Flat out, though, it's a bunch of garbage. This well, is a franchise has not won in forever. Let him, let him go for it.
4: I believe that if it wasn't the Rams and it was a team that has been winning for a while, we wouldn't even be having this conversation if they did the same thing.
3: Oh, why?
4: I think he's just picking on us because we had one good season and now we think we can do everything, and that to me is somewhat cowardly to say. So yes, I just called him a coward on on our show.
3: I don't know that, I don't know if I feel that way but one way I do feel is this I, I you know when it comes down to this game you only get such and such a, an opportunity right to win you only get such and such an opportunity to make that impact you only uh, a running back's career is only five to six years on average you you have to go for it. and if the opportunities are there you take the shot It doesn't matter if you went 3-13 the year before. At least they're taking the shot. How many times have you and I sat down and had a football conversation where they just didn't go for it? And we're ticked because they didn't go for it.
4: Right. Well, and the fact, you know, like when we had our podcast the other day where we had Stevie on, and we're talking about, you know, we used to look forward to hearing things like Jared Cook and and who was your favorite player, Cortland Finnegan. Oh, (laughs) You know, we were excited to hear that news. They brought somebody in in free agency. Woohoo! You know, it's crazy. And now they're bringing in guys like Sue, Marcus Peters, Akib Talib. I mean, these are, go- these are guys that are all pros and pro bowlers and difference makers. And now you want to call us arrogant? Well, I guess arrogance equals smart and arrogance equals wanting to win and arrogance means tired of losing for so many freaking years that we want to do something about it. So he can, like I said, he can take his opinion and shove it wherever.
3: Well, the Rams also have one other thing that they have to worry about, and that's winning over L.A. Let's be honest. The Chargers come up there, this whole battle for L.A. mantra. The Raiders are moving to Las Vegas. They already have a quarter of Raider fans in L.A. You and I were out there around New Year's. We saw... You know some of the the positives and negatives of the area. You know you want to win this city over, and let's just be honest. L. A. is a city of stars.
1: Sure.
3: And you and if you want to help get these people on board with you, not just for the future, but now, if you want to win them over, the Chargers and the Raiders and so on and so forth, you got to show how badly you want to win, and you got to go out there and be willing to put your
4: on the line to do it. Exactly. And, you know, bring in those dynamic players, bring in those personalities, spend, you know, it's been reported now that you're spending up to $5 billion on a stadium.
3: In the property I, around it.
4: Yeah. I mean, my goodness. What else would do you want the guy to do? He's trying to, you know, McVeigh and Cronkie and, and all those guys, sneed, they're all trying to make this team better, make it a winner, make it dynamic. And what better place to do that but in LA? And honestly, for the last 10 years, when have we signed a player in free agency of the of the caliber of the players that we're we're talking about now? There there hasn't been. I know. There hasn't. So been. so so if that guy wants to call us arrogant for going out one year and getting some good players, he can kiss my rear end. So let's not give him any more credit, and let's move on to something new.
3: All right. Well, let's move on to the Golden Ram barber shop. Okay. So speaking of our visit out to California, we we stopped by, you know, Sal Martinez's shop. The one that we've told you over and over again has been open since the day the Rams moved to St. Louis. They're still there. It's his shrine to the Rams. That's his shop. You go in there, you see his walls covered with jerseys, he's got helmets, he's got pictures. You name it, he's got it. Give him a call. 714-894-7267. Get a great haircut there and a great atmosphere of of the old school barbershop type. It's at 13755 Golden West Street in Westminster, California, 92683. Hours of operation 8 a.m. to 6 p.m., Monday through Friday, Saturday, 7 a.m. to 4 p.m., closed on Sundays at 714 894 7267. Sal, do a great job on your hair. He'll talk Rams football with you, he'll talk NFL football with you. It's the old school barbershop experience. Give him a call. One more time. 714-894-7267. All right. So the big goal of today's show was to really break down Sue. So we, we gave Norm some homework. We just, you know, happened to give him all the goodies. And him being the old ball coach, our X and Y kind of guy. X's is and
4: O's. X's and O's, not Y's.
3: I'm thinking math. I'm in school mode. <laughs> um X and o kind of guy, he's the one that will break this down for you. And so, buddy, what did you come up with?
4: Well, I think it's important. A lot of people don't understand the lingo when you're talking about defensive line and offensive line schemes and things like that. You know, in fact, a couple of years ago with the Rams talk crew, I was talking about, you know, how you can call uh, different offensive formations, you know, different techniques and things like that. And so I was trying to educate them on it and and I found that a lot of people that I've talked to uh, don't know the terminology so I thought I'd do a little bit of that in the beginning so let's talk about you know everybody says Aaron Donald's a three technique okay so what is a three technique on on the defensive line basically over the center's face mask is zero and then each of his shoulders would be labeled a one And then 2I, or 2 inside, would be the guard's inside shoulder. The guards are 2. The outside of the guard's shoulder is 3. So if you're a 3 technique, you're lining up on the outside of the guard's shoulder in between the guard and the tackle, but shading more towards the guard. That's typically what Aaron Donald plays, and that's typically what Sue has played. Now, Sue's been in a 4-3, so he might end up in a 4 technique or a 5 technique. And a four technique is straight up on the tackle. And a five technique is on the outside shoulder of the tackle. So when you start talking about techniques, and it goes, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, and all that stuff too. And you can just kind of figure it out for yourself or look it up on on Google or things like that. But what, what Brockers and Donald have been primarily playing in the Rams three, four is a three technique, which puts them on the outside shoulder of the guards. And then the outside linebackers are typically in a, in a five to a seven or a five to a nine technique, which is out, you know, the outside of the tackle or outside the tight end. So if Brockers and Donald both play a three or a four technique, that would leave Sue playing a zero or a one, which is on the, you know, straight up on the the center or or on the shoulders of the center, which is typically called the nose guard. Now, why do I think Sue can play that position? Well, number one, he's strong. He's big, he's heavy, and that's exactly what you want for a nose tackle. And you don't have to be a guy that's played nose tackle your whole life to play it. What you have to be is disruptive. Your job is not necessarily to make tackles or to stop the run. Your job is to stand up the offensive lineman and fill the hole and plug the hole so that the linebackers can come in and make the tackles. That's simple X's and O's. The difference that Sue makes is Sue can take out one or two guys and actually penetrate the backfield, stop the running back or pressure or sack the quarterback, and that's something that's elite in the NFL when you can do that. You pair that up with Donald, Donald's typically drawing a double team. If Sue draws a double team and he's playing right next to Donald, what what happens? Your linebackers have a free field to just, you know, come up the middle all day long. And you've got guys like Brockers who might only be, you know, single single covered and not double teamed, and it it, it essentially it's gonna wreak havoc on the offensive line. You're gonna have guys get confused on double teams, you're gonna have Donald beating double teams, you're gonna have Sue beating double teams, and it's really gonna make things difficult not only for them to run, but to pass. And if our backfield, defensive backfield, can stop, you know, keep receivers from getting open and the lines plugged up all that that leaves is tight ends and and running backs out of the backfield that you know short usually shorter passes that the linebackers would cover so right now that's our area of concern obviously is what are they going to do at linebacker but having having sue in the middle of our defense it's definitely going to just disrupt everything because if he can draw any double team at all which i have a feeling he's going to draw a lot that's going to open up the field for Donald. it's going to open up the field for brockers if they double-team Donald and they don't double-team Sue, Sue's going to wreak havoc. I mean, it's just it's crazy. I would hate to be the center or the quarterback on the opposing team and look over and see Sue and Donald standing next to each other. The other thing is, they all three can play all three positions. Donald can come in and play the nose. He's, he's Donald's shorter, got quick hands. He can get under the center, push him backwards. I mean, he can do that on any place on the defensive line. Brockers is a big dude. Brockers can go in and play nose tackle. So you could you could put Brockers in a nose tackle and have have Sue on one side and and Donald on the other. It's just gonna you know, you could line them up all over. That's the really cool thing about it. So I really think what you're gonna see is you're gonna see Sue playing a lot of zero and one technique and it's really gonna wreak havoc on him.
3: And just give us some examples too on the numbers here. You got our for our, our wonderful source over there, our pro football focus, Aaron Donald in defensive interior grades this year, scored the highest in the league at 99.7. It wasn't even close. Gino Atkins was second with 91.5. All right. Mm-hmm. Now, Sue, though, was fifth in the league at 91.0. Michael Brockers, 31st in the league with an 83.1. So the Rams have, in terms of interior linemen, they have three of the top 31 interior linemen in the league. Now, Interior run grades, this is even better. Sue actually ranked better than Aaron Donald against the run. His run grade was 92.4. Michael Brockers was 10th in the league at 88. And Aaron Donald was an 87.5 in run defense. Okay, so three of the top 12 interior run defenders in the league, according to Pro Football Focus. Pass rush grades, Aaron Donald, again, not close. He's number one. In the league, 99.9 pass rush grade. Fletcher Cox is next to the 90.3. Sue is 12th at 83.9. Now, this is where you see some loss here. Michael Brockers, his, his score was 50 for pass rush last year. So, he's, not, he's just not a pass rusher. Not even close. So, and that's where his grade goes down. If he could develop pass rush, he would be his grade would be so much higher. He's already made 3.1 without pass rush. So, that's Brockers is a bit underrated there.
4: How much do you want to bet, though, with Sue and Donald playing on the same line? Brockers' numbers go up this year.
3: They should. They should. And another thing, too, about his grades overall, since 2010, Sue's grades, check this out, 81.8, 78.4, and then here we go, 86.1, 89.1, 88, 92.5, 89.3, 91. So since his third year in the league, he's never been below 86. He's been 86 or higher. He's been consistently between an 86 and a 91 grade. Matter of fact, this last year was his second highest grade of his career. So he's consistent.
4: Yep. Consistent. Leads the league and, you know, not leads the league, but he's in the top 10 in most categories. And he's never missed a game due to injury. And Jeez.
3: Had, yeah, and he had one negative ranked game last year, and that's it.
4: Jeez, it's real tough to bring somebody like that on our team, isn't it?
3: Oh, it's just horrible. <laughs> horrible. Horrible. So,
4: so will I take a guy with some attitude that can bring those kind of numbers in? Absolutely.
3: But what's the really, what's the ass he with him?
4: Well, it's Did on you... the field. He wants to, he wants to win. He's mean. He's tough. I mean, don't, you know, people watch the old, uh, the old football movies where the guys are clotheslining each other and doing all this. He's just, he's just a tough dude. He wants to go out in there and, you know, his adrenaline starts pumping and he's mean. And that's what you want. You don't want some, you know, cream puff going in there and playing. You want some guy with some attitude and you definitely get that with Sue.
3: Well, I know some of the feedback on him, you know, at least was the consideration was a lack of leadership. Well, Miami releases him off the contract that he had, a big contract. And it's, they're, they're trying to change their culture, but you'll notice no one said as he's leaving, he was a bad leader. No one said that he was, you know, horrible, what they're saying, what really just said, well, the message I'm getting is he's just not a leader, and not everybody's meant to be a leader. Not everybody's meant to be the, this this person who steps up and, and takes charge. Maybe he just goes in there and dominates. Not everybody who dominates is a leader, and I don't think it's fair to for that to be the judgment. Now I guess if, well maybe it is fair when you're getting paid twenty million dollars a year. I guess the expectation is you're going to lead. But
4: well, okay. So what kind of a leader is Aaron Donald? He doesn't. He's not considered a leader on the team. A lot, not as late. I mean, he might be now, but he doesn't talk much. He doesn't lead. He goes out there and plays and leads by example. Well, Sue can do the same thing. That doesn't make him not a leader if he's not outspoken about you know things on the field. All I know is it only takes one leader on a field to run a team. And if the Rams can have somebody that can go out there and lead, and those guys can go up there and just wreak havoc, so be it.
3: Well, you just, you just, you just hit him on the head, though. You know, and, he's, and it's also clear, he took less to come here. So it's obvious that it's not just about the money. He's still, he's still getting paid good money, but it's not just about the money. He wants to win. He wants to win, and he wants the opportunity to not be double teamed every freaking play,
4: which is what he was getting, right? Sure. Essentially, he's getting treated the same as Aaron Donald. You know he's getting held, he's getting double teamed, and you know same things happening to Aaron Donald. The fact that both of them can still beat a lot of double teams, still get their numbers when they're they're being focused on by the offense, is why they're good players. And to have two of them on the same field at the same time, I I I just think it's going to be incredible. I can't wait to watch the first game.
3: Well, to another thing, when you look at his stats, his stats aren't that impressive. But yeah, his grades are high. So where's the disparity? Well, you just just mentioned it. The fact that he's getting held a lot. That he's... Not everything he does is going to show up on a stat sheet. It's just how it is. It's it's how it is for any defensive tackle. Any nose tackle. They're never going to put up great numbers. Aaron Donald got like, what, 12 sacks last year? That's amazing for a defensive tackle. That doesn't happen.
4: Right. Aaron Donald's the exception to the rule, but the way the way that a defensive tackle does his job is he stops the run and he plugs holes. If he can get some sacks, great, but that's not really his job. His job is to just plug up the middle. That's really what a defensive tackle's supposed to do. You know, back in the high school coaching days and stuff, we used to tell our linemen just to get low and if necessary bear crawl sideways, just close the hole doesn't matter if you make a tackle. Just plug it up. Well, that's essentially what these big tough guys in the middle are doing for us. They're plugging it up. And that's where we had a big disparity in our defense last year was that we weren't plugging up the hole. There were these huge holes in the middle. Well, you aren't going to push Donald and Sue and Brockers all three out of the play. It's not going to happen. So it's that's why I say with a good defensive line and a good nose tackle, you can have mediocre linebackers that can come up and make the tackle and that's why I think they either had to sign someone that can play that nose tackle role or they needed to bring in a good middle linebacker and now since they've brought Sue on I'm not as concerned about having an elite linebacker I just want guys that can tackle and you know defend the pass on the tight ends and if we can bring in guys that can do that whether it's out of the draft or free agency whatever it may be we're going to be a tough defense to beat the two, the two biggest factors on any defense are coverage and, and stopping the run and pass rush. Those, th- I guess, three. Those three things are, are the biggest thing. Linebackers, they're the guys that clean up. They're the guys that, that get the glory a lot of times when they didn't have to do anything other than make the tackle. I played linebacker. It wasn't me that was doing all the work when I made a tackle. It was my defensive tackle that was standing up the tackle or the guard so that I could come in next to him and make the tackle in the backfield or in the line. So that's why defensive tackles, just like offensive guards, don't get a lot of notoriety. They're not the special players or the big stars in the league, unless you're an Aaron Donald type. Well, now we have a Sioux, which is somewhat of an Aaron Donald type. You put those two side by side, and it's going to be crazy.
3: Again, you just mentioned that, though. Stopping the run, plugging the gaps the Rams now have three of the top 12 def- interior run defenders in the league from last year. Yep. Sue, the 92.4, rockers the 88 and Donovan, a 7.5. Yes. That's what we've needed all along. <laughs> that's what we've needed. Absolutely. Yep. Okay. We're getting ready to close up shop folks. A couple of things here before we sign off, a couple of questions from fans here. Jesse Vargas asks us, Norm, um, what could the Rams be looking for in the third or later rounds in case the Rams do trade their first-round pick for OBJ? Linebackers,
4: linebackers, linebackers, linebackers.
3: <laughs> Jesse, it's a no-brainer, dude. It's gonna be linebackers all the way through. They it's
4: might just... throw. They might throw a tight end in there. They might throw an offensive tackle in there. I know they're meeting with my boy from Oregon. Uh, that's a possibility. But uh, in the third round, if they trade away their first rounder, I I really think they have to go after whatever top linebackers left, and then they can kind of do some other things later. But with their third round pick, if that's their top pick, they're going to have to go after a linebacker unless they sign some free agents.
3: Now, I also wouldn't be surprised if they package some of the six rounders with a third rounder to move up to the second round if they can. Exactly. Try and get there. They're going to. They, I don't see the Rams moving not moving if they lose this first rounder to a trade for obj that i don't see them waiting until a third round at their linebacker i don't i just don't see it happen. they need one badly right all right our second
4: question here comes from justin oris he
3: asks what do you guys who do you think will benefit more from the other
4: sewer donald and why well i think they'll both benefit from each other pretty equally i mean donald's already pretty dominant on his own but If you can have Sue maybe taking away a double team from Donald or vice versa, it's just going to make the other player, you know, much more dominant on that particular play. So, and I, and honestly, like I said, I think Brockers is going to have a better year just because of the fact that Sue and and Donald are going to get double teamed a lot. Now, Donald's been getting double teamed just about every play in his career, but you've got Sue on there who's going to demand a double team now too every once in a while. So, unless they're taking the play away from both of them, it's going to bring a lot more opportunity to Brockers. But I think, honestly, I think Donald will probably benefit the most from it. Just having somebody else be a force on the line, it's it's definitely going to open up things for him. And he's already got incredible numbers. So if I had to pick one, I'd say Donald's probably going to benefit from it the most.
3: And I disagree. I think Sue does. I, and again, this is becoming the, the, uh, the trend here. I have to disagree with Norm. No, I just think that... When it comes to Sue and Donald, let's just be honest, Donald's still a little bit of a better player. And if it, I think if teams are going to choose a double-team somebody, they're still going to choose a double-team Donald, which would be great for Sue. I mean, so that's my rationale is, is believing that, you know, pick pick your poison. I'm going, go, I'm going to try and stop the more potent poison. And that's going to be Donald. That said, you mentioned Brockers. And I would not be surprised to see Brockers make a big, big Leap and pass rush next year, just having those two guys next to me, I would not surprise me at all.
4: He might even he might even make the Pro Bowl. <laughs> I mean, if you think about it, as much as Sue and and Donald are going to demand, and you know, and then if you throw on top of that, if we have decent or or better than decent outside linebackers, you know, to put some pass rush on, that's gonna it's gonna make this team mean. So. And I, and I I could agree with you, too, and say that Sue could benefit the most. I just said if I had to pick one, I would pick Donald. But I think Sue could definitely you know, benefit from it as well.
3: Well, one thing I think for sure we'll see next year more of is, and this is going to sound weird, we're going to see more holding calls against opposing offenses. These guys are going to have to choose between double-teaming one or the other. There's going to be a lot of frenzied offensive lines facing these guys next year. And with that comes more holding and more blatant holding. So I would not be surprised to see just the sheer number of holding calls against opposing offensive lines going up dramatically next year. I mean, tell me if I'm wrong, but that's how I'd see it.
4: No, I I think you're right on that one. Unless, unless, of course, we're playing the Patriots, and you might not see a flag all game. You know,
3: I don't think they're on the docket until possibly a Super Bowl.
4: (laughs) Well, let's hope that... Let's, ho- let's hope they call uh, holding yeah.
3: didn't, didn't then. Didn't the NFL hire Ed Hockey was his kid? Is he, <laughs> is he picking up?
4: <laughs> uh, I hope not. <laughs>
3: <laughs> All right, folks. So we're getting ready to sign off here. Thanks to both Jesse and Justin for sending their questions in. If you have any questions for us, email us at ramstalk1945 at gmail.com. Also, please, again, we can't say it enough, head on over to iTunes. Give us that five-star review. Subscribe. We deeply appreciate that support. You can also hit us up on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. We're on Google Play. Jeez, I need to keep going. Android and, and, of course, IE Beat Radio on Wednesday mornings at 10 a.m. And Saturdays and Sundays as well, 10 a.m. Finally, you always feel free to leave us a call at 657-666-5453. We check it daily. If you have any questions that you want us to address on the show, you just saw we address them. So drop us a line. Okay. Finally, Facebook. We're on Facebook. Our goal this year is to hit 20,000 likes. We're halfway there. So please head on to Facebook or facebook.com forward slash Rams talk. We're on Twitter at talk Rams. Get me on Twitter at DC Apollo, and of course, Norm at Norm Hightower. Norm, any final
4: thoughts, man? Yeah. Happy Easter, everybody. Please have a safe, uh, safe weekend and have a good time with your families and enjoy this time of the year, and hopefully you have good weather to go with it. And Again, thanks for all the support that we're getting from the fans and the people that are calling in and leaving messages and, and sending us messages online. And don't forget to check out our website at ramstalk.net for articles and up-to-date stuff as well as history stuff. And, you know, we just appreciate all the support.
3: Yeah, we even have a Facebook group now that's growing It's growing a lot too. The Facebook group is basically our forum. And so it, thank you for being uh, with us on, the, on this wild ride and hopefully this wild ride re- this year results in the Super Bowl run. All right, for Norm Tower, this is Derek C. Apollo. Peace out.
4: Adios. <laughs>
5: purification and rejuvenation In hundreds of locations across the globe access to a center is easy and affordable interested in experiencing the ee system technology for yourself go to unifiedhealing.com bluewire blue wire to learn more and find a center near you